Welcome to Hope on the Rise Extended Edition. My name is Peter Englert. I am the host of this uh, episode of Hope on the Rise. We are here with Dr. Bob Roden. Before I go any further, uh, I want to let you all know that with our topic today, we have Four Faces of a Leader. Bob has 50 copies of his book, Four Faces of a Leader. If you go to his website, bobroden.com, and click subscribe, the first 50 people to subscribe will be mailed a free copy of this book. And if you're already a subscriber and you get someone else to subscribe, we will also give you a book. You just need to let us know. So thank you so very much. Bob, when you asked me to um, be a part of this podcast, this was probably the thing I was most excited about. And so, you know, I want to kind of give our direction. One of my favorite quotes, I think it's my favorite quote from your book, Four Faces of the Leader, is maturity is producing more than we consume. And um, I've kind of... I've reminded myself of that, and I just think that that's huge. And I want to just frame our conversation for our listeners. Um, Bob, you're going to give an overview about four faces of a leader. But one of the things that I think is helpful is these four faces are something that all of us as leaders need to wear and also need to have. And so I think where you're going to go in this is what does it look like if one of these faces is a struggle or said more positively is a growth area? So, Bob, I said a lot. I got my upstate New York accent going. I'm just going to let you take it away. Hey, great to see you today, Peter. And it's always awesome to be together on this podcast. And uh, I'm I'm just as excited as you are, I think, today because of this is this really is the my understanding of leadership are these four faces. And uh, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about leadership, uh, but I think this really captures, captures at least my heart. And, and when I think about leadership, when I think about the idea of a shepherd, that that's the calling that's on our life. When I think about the idea of a servant, that's about the character of a leader. When I think about the idea of a steward, that's about competency. And we don't always like to talk about competency in ministry. That's a that's a little bit tough. And then when I think about steer, that's about change, which is also very, very difficult for us. And we'll probably say this somewhere else in the podcast, but you can't you can't just pick one of them and say, Hey, I'll do that. We read all four faces. Now the reality is you may be stronger in one or two of the faces than you are in the other two. Uh, but but that's what you kind of with your colleagues and other people you can come to come to terms with that. So uh, let's let's talk about what it might mean if uh, if you were deficient or you were struggling most in the idea of being a shepherd. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, this is really at the heart of what it means to, to for pastoral care, serving people. For instance, uh, we are think about think about people who go to the hospital. I mean, if you're if you're uncomfortable in visiting people in the hospital, it, when I was pastoring, that was a this was a top priority for us. When a person was going to be operated on, somebody, one of our pastors was there an hour and a half before surgery, prayed with that person, had a scripture verse with them. It's so huge in that person's life. Think about here's somebody who cares about me, and, and they're here with me. So hospital visits, funerals. I mean, the this time of grief in people's life, when you are there, 
when you're there that they may not remember anything you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, that, that, mm-hmm. that you were with them, you cared about them. And so if you, if you don't have the, if you don't have the face of a shepherd, you're going to miss those huge opportunities uh, to, or if that's, if that's a struggle for you, I think we need to say this is, this is part and parcel of what it means to be in ministry. I, I want to talk about protector as well. If, if, if you're not a shepherd, you won't protect the sheep. And Peter talks about with the, about us serving as elders and Jesus in John chapter 10 in particular, talks about being the protector. Let me give you a, a just a quick memory that, that comes to mind. We I was always careful about guest speakers at the church because you you're just you're just exposing your people, the people you're serving, to somebody that you know or whatever. And I so I had this guest speaker come in that I was I felt okay about, but but he said something in his message that was contrary. To what we understood the Bible to teach about forgiveness. As a matter of fact, he, he said, he talked about, hey, if you sin, you don't even have to confess it. God would just automatically forgive it. Well, I mean, you can just sort of feel the, the, the room. It was, it was just almost froze for a moment. So at the end of, end of this message and the end of the service, I simply stood up and said, folks, nothing's changed around here. We'll talk about some things next Sunday. So after the service, I spoke to the speaker and I said, you know, I, I just want you to know that, that teaching, that forgiveness comes without even asking. There's a step of the Bible talks about that. He said, well, I've preached this message in a lot of other churches and nobody's ever called me on this. I said, there's a first for everything. And I'm, I'm just speaking to you today to help you. Uh, I don't know how he received it, but we never had him back at the church. But the next Sunday... I stood up and I said, yeah, we love this speaker, and I don't know exactly uh, what, what he was thinking about or if he just miscommunicated. And I, I explained to them that God does forgive, but there is confession for our sins, etc. It was like people said, after thank you for taking a moment to say something about that. The shepherd protects the sheep. That's, that's a very important piece, I think, of who we are as, as leaders. Hold on. I want to pause, Bob, before you get to the other three, because one thing I, I want our listeners to stick with us, we're sharing a lot about pastoring and ministry, but we realize that many of you work outside of pastoring and ministry. So I just want to encourage all of you, as Bob goes through the other three faces, look at this not only as pastoring and in the church, or if you're an elder or a volunteer, but there is so many direct corollaries to the marketplace. So I just I wanted to throw that caveat yeah. in there. Couldn't agree more, Peter, because wherever you're serving, you, you're as a leader, you are you are to look out for your people. You're responsible for them. And so this works in any discipline. But but we're obviously focusing on pastoring here. That, thanks for noting that. That's a very good uh, as a as servant. I think this might be the toughest one to talk about as a having a challenge because it's I mean, servant is about an attitude. It's really about an attitude more than anything else, and how you how you fully describe that is can be challenging. But I, for instance, if you are a as a servant, you're not you're not concerned about titles. I mean, you know, servant is not a position; it's an attitude. And I do remember that. So if I'm all concerned about my titles, 
I, a person that's really concerned about those things, I say, hey, you need to, you need to think about being having the face of, face of a servant. Or the person who walks in the room and says, well, here I am, rather than there you are. You know, we, we have to be a there you are person. It's it's the focus is on, on other people. It is so it's so easy to think of ministry as a career rather than a calling. And then that when I think of it as a career, it moves me into the entitlement ideas. And I mean we all know that pastors across this country and staff pastors as well are probably not paid at the level of some other disciplines of leadership. That that's a that's a fact. But we don't go into it for the monetary gain. We want to be supported and taken care of. But as a servant, I say, you know what, I, I Jesus, I'm, I'm believing and trusting you to help me, and I'm going to serve here because I know, I know going into this that there are some there are some things that I won't have that maybe other people have in terms of monetary benefits. But I want to say, as a person who is who's been in many years of ministry now. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. I don't mean that lightly or that they, they, just to sort of brush off any kind of financial needs that pastors have. But but I know when we're called, God will help us. God will help us. I can, I can give story after story about that. I won't take the time today. So, so servant, really, really huge. Then I, uh, I want to just talk about steward for a moment, competency. Wow, this is huge. This is really huge. I mean, if you're not competent to, let's say, to, to understand and and, uh, and execute a church budget, can you imagine the the kind of turmoil there is if you don't know how to run a meeting? For instance, you, a meeting always should have, first of all, inf- the information items, action items, and visionary items. Those are the three categories for an agenda, putting that together. It's competency in leading a, a meeting. The, uh, it is. It's so important that that we understand this in our teaching and our preaching. It's it's preparation and all the effort that goes into that. I mean, if we are, if we're not a good steward of our time, it, it will it will eat us up. We will we'll say, wow. So it's just important that adequate preparation for whatever we do. Because if we do the natural, then God will do the supernatural. That's a, that is, that's important for us. And then finally, I want to just uh, say a word about seer. This uh, this is not a word we use a lot. It's uh, more for people in the Old Testament, people like Samuel and Amos, and you know, I think it's some twenty five times it's used in the Old Testament. But we we talk about visionaries. You know, without vision. The church will perish. It's about vision. People perish. That's that's an older translation of scripture. Or what the other translation says, they run wild. I mean, if you don't have vision, the church will get stuck. The church will get boring. The the church will be a place where say, well, what are, what are we doing here? There'll be confusion. It is it is important that every leader have vision. Now again, we are different levels of visionary leaders. But everyone has to have vision. And finally, on, on vision, vision to reach the world for Christ. You know, if, if, the, if your mission is to reach the world for Christ, you'll never run out of something to do. Never. It's, uh, so, so vision is so critical to the, these, these ideas of the faces of a leader. 
And I, uh, I would encourage all of our friends today, Peter, to, to look at these four faces, to, uh, to say, I, w- I want to be like my calling as a shepherd, my character as a servant, my competency as a steward, and my vision as a seer. Absolutely critical on, on these four faces that we have as leaders of God's people. Man, you, you're making me want to read the book all over again. And also, um, I just want to encourage our listeners, uh, you can go to Audible and buy uh, the audio version and Bob reads it. So I'd encourage you to do that. I highly recommend this book. Um, you know, I, I want to say a couple things kind of in response to that. So I took some time to think about my growth area. Um, so probably my biggest growth area is always the stewardship one. Um, and, you know, when you say budgets... Um, you know, and kind of saying timing and, um, every Monday morning and we're recording this on a Monday, I meet at 10 AM with a former, um, principal of a Rochester city school and also a former mental health, uh, therapist supervisor. And I have learned a ton from Mary and Char about stewardship, about meetings, about details. And, you know, it continues to be the biggest face that I struggle with and that I'm continuing to grow in, probably the face that I relate to the most is the face of a shepherd. Um, you know, the day that we're recording this, uh, my friend uh, my friend called me up and he said, Peter, I, I need you to come to the hospital and kind of what you were saying. And um, he said, you know, my niece, um, I don't know how long she has to live. Mm. She wants to get baptized. And um, I walked in there um she was coherent, you know, and when people ask me that, I just, I want to make sure that it's not forced upon and stuff. And, you know, I said, do you, you know, do you know Jesus? And she said, yes. And she could barely talk. I said, do you want to get baptized? And it was absolutely like, and, um, I took, I took a paper towel, I filled it with water and I baptized her. And, uh, that next morning I got a text from my friend that she had um, gone home to be with Jesus. Mm. And uh, there was, last week was a really busy week, but that is the moment that I'm holding on to. And I kind of bring that up for our listeners because I I think that this podcast is a conversation starter, Mm. you know, with your coworkers, with your friends. Hey, here's the four faces. Which one do you struggle with? Which one are you natural at? And, you know, one thing I want to throw to you, because we've talked a lot about pastoring, and I think it's super applicable I actually think in the marketplace, the face that I see the most is kind of the seer or visionary because there's a level of you need to see what's in the future. You need to understand what's going on. I think the area that people need to grow in the most, and we see this because we see books on emotional intelligence, is actually the shepherd. And so as I'm talking to business leaders, shepherding isn't just for pastoring. I mean, I think more and more people want to feel like, does this organization, does my boss care about me? Yes. Um, I don't know. I'll throw that out to you. You know, if you were to kind of the people that you engage with in the marketplace, I mean, would you agree with that or would you have a little nuance to that? 100% agree with it, uh, Peter. I have a friend who was general manager of, of a car dealership and, and he had the face of a shepherd. He cared about his people. I mean, when uh, when anything hit, for instance, when the uh, when COVID hit, I mean, right away, wondering how we're going to take care of our people. What what are we going to do with the people that we serve here? 
I think that the shepherding piece really comes across uh, to to folks, and and it will it will enable them to serve others, because if you shepherd them, then the way they treat customers is is also very very important. I was I was doing this teaching one time at a actually it was in Pennsylvania, it was in Pittsburgh, and a, and a lady was in the, in the meeting. She happened to run a nursing uh, school, and she said, "I can use this to teach people." about care for others. Nurses naturally should be people who care for others. But she said, this idea, this gives it a value. This is being the face of a shepherd to people. And, uh, you know, when we when we just uh, offer the, the kind of general care, the gentle touch, we say, you know, the gentle voice, it's, it's so helpful to people, particularly in, in hospitals. But uh, when, when you see somebody who's had any kind of an issue in their life and you just say to them, I care about that. I care about you. Wow, it's, that is really, really huge for people. So I'm, I, I think you're right. I, I want to have the face of a shepherd first. To me, I think that's that's tops. And I, for me, I think I have the face of a seer. I have to work on the other two, the steward and the and the servant part. But they are every one of us needs all four of these faces. And uh, and I think the prominent one should be shepherd. You know, we have a little bit of time. I I actually want to, you know, in all the in our recent conversation, the only one we didn't talk about was servant. And what I've been thinking about with the face of a servant is um, whether you're a pastor or a business leader, there's a lot of whether we like it or not, do as I say, not as I do. And I think one of the values in my life that I'm trying to grow in. Um, is I'm not going to ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do. Yes. Um, you know, just this morning, um, you know, there's a difference between not being willing to do it and then realize you're not gifted to do it. This, this morning I was meeting, um, with one of my teammates, her name's Donna. Um, Donna is like servant of all servants. And I thank God that she is good at spreadsheets because we're trying to make labels for this conference. And, you know, I, I think most of our conversation was, what do you need from each other? And, um, you know, I, I just kind of think about, um, I'll, I'll never forget this too. My, my pastor, his name's Bill Kirk. Um, Bill tells this story. He, he had preached at this conference and, you know, he had felt like a million bucks and he walked into first assembly of God in Binghamton <laughs> and it was like a men's night. And someone said to him, Hey, we're out of toilet paper. And he, he said that was kind of the voice of God to remember, hey, we're never too big enough to serve. And I, I think all of us have those examples, too. I, I couldn't agree more, Peter. And I'm uh, I'm just so excited that we've had this opportunity today to talk about four phases of leader. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for just being a person that we've connected with over the years and and for your enthusiasm about this aspect of, of leadership just just great to be connected to you today it's great well uh just as we close uh as we close this episode uh you know i want to remind you all that go to bobroden.com click subscribe to the email um and if you're already subscribed make sure you share this with a friend let us know that you've subscribed um because we want to give you one of those 50 copies of four faces of the leader 
you know, and I'd also encourage you, you know, there's some of you here, um, you lead individuals. Um, we want to give you a free book, but I, I think also this is worth buying four or five copies to your team, buying the audible and listening to, um, I quote it often. So we want to thank you for joining us on hope on the rise extended edition. We'll look forward to seeing you next month. All right.